0: It's good to have you all with us this morning, and hopefully Enders will show up sometime later today, and um, we just need to be praying for one another as we get started, so I don't think we have music today, but uh, let's go ahead and get going. Uh, Let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 17. We'll read it in just a little bit, but uh, Matthew chapter 17, it's one of those fun sections that every time I read through it, because I have a son, I try to put myself into this position. So um, if you could try to, while we're reading through this, imagine what it might be, have been like if you were there, if you were the dad, or maybe the mom of the situation, or the little boy in the situation. Try to imagine this. Um, there are two other places that this is mentioned, one in Mark chapter 9 and then one in Luke chapter 9. And it gives more of a whole description, so, but each one has a, a part of this. So uh, keep that in mind as we read through it, and then later today you might try to read through the other sections. But it starts off in Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 21. It says this, And when they were come... To the multitude there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water, and I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then cometh, uh, then came his disciples to Jesus apart, and saith, Why could not we cast him out? Jesus saith unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father God, thank you so much for this good day you've given to us today. Thank you for uh, just the privilege it is to come and worship your name, read your word, um, and, and just have fellowship with uh, brothers and sisters. Lord, I pray you would help us today that as we draw close to you, that you will help us to understand your word a little bit better, help us to draw close to you. And I pray that you will help us uh, that our faith would grow, that we would uh, please you more uh, with our faith, help us to move from faith to faith. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, just be with those that can't be with us today, those that are uh, traveling or those that are sick. Uh, just raise them up. Uh, Lord, I pray you would just help us to uh, to be the witness that we need to be for you here in Manly. We love you and praise you. We're looking forward to your return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we start to look at this section and at this passage, uh, it's always interesting to me because when you read it in Mark and then in Luke, you see just a little bit different. Uh, passage we won 't read through those, but uh, it 's interesting because here Jesus is coming down from the mountain. What had they just seen on the mountain? they had seen they had seen the Transfiguration they had seen Moses they had seen Elijah they had heard the voice of God, and then they see Jesus <laughs> the, lit up like a Christmas tree, you might say. I mean, he's just bright and shining, and they're falling down, and they're saying, let's build three tabernacles up here. They're ready to do something. And what do they do? It appears that they spend the night, and then they go down the very next day, and what do they run into? You run into this whole situation where you've got the other disciples. They've been confronted by this man and this boy, his boy is demon-possessed. Uh, what I found so interesting, the different commentaries that I read, it was very often they would say, he had epilepsy. He had an epileptic fit. And it's like, uh, you know, that could be part of the problem with our the people that we have that have epilepsy today. But it says very plainly, he was demon-possessed. Um, and, and so to try to put a... Um, a physical condition on this situation is i think disingenuous it's wrong but that being said here you've got the three coming down but you've got the nine that were down in the valley and and they've been confronted by this this man and and they had already been doing some amazing things i mean just think of what they had gone out and done back in mark chapter 3 verses 14 and 15 it says And he ordained the twelve that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. They had done this. uh, You see in in Mark chapter 3, and then in Mark chapter 6, you see that they come back rejoicing that they've done all this. And then here in Mark chapter 9, so it's a little bit further down the road, it's about a year down the road, some of the commentaries said. uh, But here, they can't cast out the devil. What is going on here? Um, it seems like they, they've hit a stumbling block, and, and they can't cast out the devils. And, and they'd seen victory after victory after victory after victory. I mean, think about what they'd seen Jesus do. Uh He had fed the 5,000. He'd fed 4,000. He'd walked on water. He'd calmed the store, storms. He had raised Jairus's daughter from the dead. He had, I mean think of all the different things that Jesus has done to this point and then you get to this point right here and you've been healing people and all of a sudden here's this little boy that is lunatic and what little boy is not lunatic? <laughs> I mean really uh, but here you've got this little lunatic boy and they can't help him. They've been helping so many other people and they see this one little boy and they can't help him. And think about what's going on here. I mean, you've got the nine disciples that are down here that are frustrated to death because we can't cast out this devil. You've got the religious crowd that, what are they doing? Uh, That's the first place that I'd like to start. Um, You know, Jesus comes down in verse 17 uh, we read that um, he says, O faithless, then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Uh, bring uh, bring him hither to me. Uh, and, and it it looks like Jesus is rebuking the disciples. Why would they not be able to cast out the devil? Well, what has been going on to this point? They think they're, getting close to victory. They think they're getting ready to set up the kingdom. Uh, if they're getting ready to set up the kingdom, I mean, I'm going to be the transportation manager or the the person over transportation. Well, I'm going to be the person over... I mean, James the Zealot, he's probably... I'm going to be over the army. And, and you've got Peter that's... Well, I'm going to be over the fishery industry. And you've got someone else saying, well, I'm going to be over the the shepherd industry. And then, you know... Matthew's standing up saying, Hmm, I've been a pretty good tax collector. I'll I'll take taxes and you know, and so they're kind of jockeying for position and who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And so they're trying to elevate themselves above other things, and what have they forgotten? They've forgotten why they're doing this. They're not doing this anymore for and, and this is just a one of the theories that I read that they had forgotten why they were doing it, they weren't doing it anymore for the glory of the Father. They were doing it now for their own glory. And, and obviously, if you're doing it for your own glory, what's going to happen? You're going to fail. But when you read Jesus' statement there, he says, Oh, perverse generation, uh, faithless and perverse generation." So it looks like he's not just talking to the disciples. It looks like he's talking to the whole multitude. And who was in the multitude? Well, you had the religious leaders that were there, the Pharisees and and the Sadducees and the scribes. And you might've even had some zealots that were there that were, uh, and and what had they probably been doing to the disciples? Well, here you've got this little boy, that's a lunatic. And James the zealot comes out and be healed and he's not healed. And what happens? Somebody starts, I thought you could heal these things. I thought you could do this. You, you're you a big fraud. You know, and they probably started making fun of them. I mean, isn't that what we would do in our day and age? I mean, what happened just this last week? We had the Super Bowl. And leading up to the Super Bowl, what was going on? They were, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and this is going to happen. And as soon as the Super Bowl was open... Well, we knew that this team was going to be better, and we knew that this team wasn't quite up to par, and that this team, and they always do that, and they go back and they make fun of, if you will, the team that doesn't quite perform the the way that they're supposed to, and here Jesus' team is not performing the way that they're supposed to, and I can just imagine the Pharisees or the Sadducees making fun of James the Zealot or... Uh, Matthew for not being able to heal this little boy. uh, You're a big fraud. And that would have caused the confidence level of the disciples to go down even further. But one of the the commentaries that I read, it it, it pointed out the fact that were they even thinking about the the father and the little boy? I mean, think about the little boy, though. It it says he oftentimes, I'm not sure if it says it here, The father says that he oftentimes, yes, in verse 16, he oftentimes falleth into the fire or into the water. I mean, would you enjoy it if all of a sudden you were flung into a fire? I mean, how many fires did they have going on around in that time? Right, it's all over the place. I mean, in our day and age, when's the last time... Just a quick question. Robert, when's the last time you saw an open fire? Can you remember the last time you saw a flame that that you had to deal with? you played with matches? I mean, Evan, were you ever told, don't play with matches? I mean, all the time my parents told me, don't play with the matches. They're dangerous. You could burn the house down. All the time we're taking the matches out and we're, we, we had a burning barrel at our house, and we would light the burning, you know, light the trash on fire, and we would burn the trash out in, in the backyard. And occasionally, if we didn't put the grate over the top, uh, the things would come out, and, and we would have a fire, especially on Sunday mornings. If we tried to burn the trash on Sunday mornings, my dad made a fast rule later on. He said, no burning trash on Sunday morning, because it'll spread... And we won't make it to church on time. So you can't burn the trash on Sunday morning. It just, any other day, it's fine. But Sunday morning, it just didn't work. Um, But we had fires all the time. But in our day and age, we don't do that. I mean, you go to the kitchen and you want to heat up your food, you put it in the microwave. Or you put it on the electric stove. Who uses gas anymore? I mean, my mom does still. My grandma was funny this way. She would take... Um, because we took all the matches away from my grandma because she would start fires all over the place. And she would take newspaper and wrap the newspaper up and put it into the the stove and get it caught on fire and then try to run outside to start her trash on fire. Oh, my grandma was funny that way. And don't ask me what she was trying to burn because it's not appropriate for right now. So, But I'll tell you later. Anyway, we just don't deal with fire nowadays. So we don't... Uh, kind of recognize what they were going through here but this little boy every little bit was being cast into the fire uh and and then every little bit he was being cast into the water how much were they around water i mean when's the last time you were close to a big body of water robert last time you went swimming maybe Uh, do you go walking around a lake or something in your area yeah okay yeah, but it's not a daily occurrence, is it? it, it you don't go down there every day uh, to, to ride your bike or something. They had to go to the well or to the lake every day to get their water. And here they're taking this little boy. And can you imagine being the little sister? And your brother all of a sudden flings himself into the water. And you can't swim. And it's like, Dad, get over here. He just, he's in the water again. I mean, think about the disruption that's going on in the family. The dad can't work because he's taken care. And how big is the little boy? I mean, if he's just a little boy, maybe the mom can take care of him, but it looks like he's gotten to the point where he's grown up enough that mom's not strong enough to handle the little. I mean, if it was Cameron and he was throwing himself into the water, do you think Dailene is going to be able to handle him? I mean, I could barely handle him if he was going crazy Uh, but the father has just got to be to his wits end. And the little boy is like, I'm trying to stop it, but every little bit, you know, or the young man, it's like, I can't stop this. It's taking control of my life and it's getting worse and worse. And they come to the disciples and can you heal him? I've heard you've done it before. Can you heal him? And no, he can't. And how much despair would that have brought to the father? and to the little boy, and they're like, I thought we were gonna get our lives back, and now it's not, and ah, I mean, have you ever had that feeling, that sinking feeling in your gut that, oh no, I just broke my phone. Crunch, oh no. You're trying to pull it out of the couch and it's just like, crack, 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 and it's like, ah, That sinking feeling that, what's this gonna cost? What's this going to take to get back up and get back running? I mean, he must have spent, what, an hour and a half yesterday just working on the phone, trying to get it back up and running. And, you know, just all the problems. Well, think if you had a little boy or a young man that is causing that much problem in the house. How much problem is this causing? And, and the father has gotten to the point where I just am sick of this. What's going to happen here? Uh, I know we have dealt with situations with people in our family, and you're kind of the point sometimes where it's just like, I wish he would just, you know, you don't want to think the worst, but, you know, if he would just throw himself into the water and drown, maybe I could have some rest. I am sure that that went through the father's mind, and I'm sure he was guilty for thinking that. I mean, I would have thought it. Uh, I'm I'm sorry to say it, but I would have thought it. Uh, Maybe the next time if Cameron throws himself into the water, I'll just let him go. No, can't do that. And then I would have felt so guilty for even having that thought. And this father is sitting here doing this. And he comes to Jesus. and, And when you read how he falls down before him, it's like an act of worship of, I am to my wit's end. And, and you read in another place, it, 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 one, you would think, he's blaming the, the son. Why did he even let that demon into his life? Uh, in verse 15, it, it almost appears that he's blaming the son. Have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. Okay? Okay? And then you go down and you look in in Luke chapter 9, verse 40, it says, And I besought thy disciples to cast him out, and they could not. Okay, now I'm blaming them. It's not my fault. But you keep working on down, and in Mark chapter 9, verse 24, it says this, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. The problem wasn't with the son. And the problem wasn't with the disciples. He realized at that point, I've got a problem here too. I don't believe like I ought to. And, and so here in his judging of everything that's been going on, you could point to the Pharisees that they're just mocking us. You could point to the disciples, they're not doing what they're supposed to, because Jesus told them to do that, and they're not doing it. You could point to the son. Well, he's just a lunatic, and he played with some demon-possessed. Toy one day and let this thing in and it's not my fault and then he comes to this point where where Jesus says all things are possible to him that believeth and the man says I believe help thou my unbelief he realizes I don't believe like I ought to and who of us does who of us believes like we ought to believe in Christ who of us has the faith that we ought to have and, and so what does Jesus do well, he steps into the rescue. It's like he steps into the O.K. Corral. You know, we were just in Tucson, and just right outside of Tucson is the O.K. Corral. And, and he steps into this situation, and you've got everybody against him, and he steps in and takes care of it, just like that. And, and it's he casts him out. He is healed immediately. Uh, Jesus helped the father and the child, so... He's rescuing the child. The child is healed. The demon is cast out. But he's also helped the dad here. He's stepped in and taken care of, by taking care of the problem here, he's taking care of the problem for the dad. But not only that, he's not only to think about the family going back home. What kind of an evening are you going to have with your, your family when you come back home? And he's healed finally. I mean, what are we going to have for supper tonight? Yeah. Let's do pizza. <laughs> you know, or, you know, let's celebrate. Let's, let's do steaks and potato. you know, whatever it is that you like. That's what's going to be on the menu. But think about even your community. I mean, they were tight-knit communities, but, you know, everybody in the community knew, don't ask that guy for anything because he's busy with his boy. And don't ask his boy for anything because he might jump on you. and. Now they can go back into the community and be productive in the community. And Jesus took care of the boy, the father, the family, and the community, all with one word. Think about the disciples, the the lesson that the disciples learned. I mean, oh, I realized I was thinking about myself when I was trying to heal this boy, not Jesus. I was thinking about myself, not the glory of the father. And Jesus steps in and here's how it's done again. Just follow my example. Here's how it's done again. Think about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They think they've got Jesus and the disciples on the ropes here with this one. And and Jesus steps in and says, it's not a big deal. And and they're put back on their heels again. And it's like, can we not stop him? I mean, he's taking our thunder. He's doing things that we don't think are appropriate. And Jesus comes in and he puts their ridicule to a halt with one word and he set everything right with just one little bit. And I love thinking about this. And then he, he gives us all some very good advice and some very good uh, instruction. Now in verse 20, again, Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as the grain of mustard seed, he shall say to this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. What's he trying to tell us here? What's he, what's he saying to us? Well, I think first off, he's letting us know that we've got a problem with unbelief. We've got a problem with our our faith. And... We don't like our faith to be tested. We we really don't. I mean, how fun is it to go into a situation where you know, oh no, it's either sink or swim time and I don't know how to swim, and the only way I'm gonna make it is if Jesus steps in and does something miraculous. I mean, I think about that uh John Wayne movie where uh you know, he comes up to the little boy and the little boy is fishing and he says, Well, other side of the river is the place to be fishing because you know the fish are seeing your shadow and he says well I can't go over there because I can't swim and he says you can't swim all little boys need to know how to swim and he grabs the kid and throws him into the river and and the little kid works on it works on it works he he wasn't going to learn how to swim by going through a book and hmm he had to be put into the same situation and then you see the mom comes up Somebody needs to save him. Well, you save him if he needs to be saved. I don't know how to swim either. <laughs> so it's just one of those funny John Wayne movies that it's like, she needs to be thrown in too. But, but you realize God is trying to take us from faith to faith. That's what Romans chapter one, verse 17 tells us. It's that we're moving from faith to faith and God is constantly bringing us into a new position where we have to learn to trust him for something more. And so much of the time we get frustrated with what's going on around us or what's going on with our uh, our spouse, our children and we don't realize that God has brought us to this place for this purpose. He's brought us here so that we learn to trust him. He's brought us here too to learn uh, so, so that someone else can see This is how God works in in people's lives. Have you ever thought that maybe God has brought you into a situation that's a tough situation so that you can be an example to someone else that's going through it? That They don't know Christ the way that you do, and now you're going through it, and you're the example to them. Um, I don't have the verse written down here, but there is a verse that says that we're tempted with these trials so that we can help others that are being tried in the exact same way. Uh, we need to remember that. Just like the father here, he kept thinking that the problem is someone else, you know, the disciples, they're not believing enough. And, and I've heard this said before here in our church, um, not recently, but I've heard it said before, we would grow as a church if you as a pastor just had a little bit more faith. Okay, you yeah. <laughs> You're probably right. I think that's how I answered it. You're probably right. But it, it seems interesting to me how that we so quickly turn and focus on someone else that they're the problem, not me. Well, it's – let's get into politics a little bit. But it's the Democrats. They're the problem. It's the Republicans. They're the problem. And we don't stop to think, you know, maybe I'm the problem here. Maybe if I would, the phrase is, maybe if I would clean my room up instead of trying to change the world, maybe I would start to change the world by cleaning my room up. What, what is it that God is trying to teach us? Well, he wants us to move from faith to faith, from one step to the other. Uh, like the Shrek movie, and I love the German in this. Uh, how do we get across this bridge? nine by nine. You know, it's just little step by little step. And that's how God leads us into faith. We've got to stop blaming others for the lack of what's happening or what, you know, what's going on and start recognizing. Maybe I have a part in this as well. Um, I was reminded as I was looking, as I was studying on this, um, You know, we were in Topeka a few years ago and here I am teaching a Sunday school class and I could look out the window and I could see another Baptist church across the street was sitting there with protest signs that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing about this situation. Now, you can put two and two together if you know anything about Topeka and Baptist churches in Topeka. Just look it up and you can find the Baptist church that I'm talking about. But it, it, when we stand before God, is He going to say to us, uh, you know, when we stand and give an account and, and we say, if He says, What did you do for me? Well, I condemned this and I condemned this and I condemned this. Is that really going to be what He's looking for from us? Is that we've condemned things or that we've been against things? Or is He looking for I trusted you in this area, that you would work, and I trusted you here, and I trusted you here, and I tried to step out in areas. I think we need to be careful about our faith, and we need to be moving forward in our faith instead of moving backwards. And it reminds me that Christ said to us back in Matthew chapter 6, is it Matthew chapter 6 or Matthew chapter 7? Matthew chapter 7, he says, Don't judge, lest ye be judged, for with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. Don't try to pull the speck out of your brother's eye until you pull the beam out of your own eye. You know, we've all got problems, uh, and we need to focus in on what we can do about ourselves before we try to focus in on someone else. It also reminds me that we're going to be like Christ, and that's what we need to be focusing on. Uh, We need to be more like Christ Instead of comparing ourselves, how am I in comparison to this person? I mean, if we compare ourselves to how am I in comparison to Spurgeon, I'm not really living up to Spurgeon. How am I in comparison to John MacArthur? Not really. How am I in comparison to John Waterloo? I'm not really. How am I in comparison to Lynn Skyler? You know, I, I'm just not living up to. But what, are, what am I supposed to do? I'm not supposed to compare against ourselves. Christ is the example here and we we see in first John chapter 3 verse 2 and 3 it says beloved now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and everyone that hath this hope purifieth himself even as he is pure there are things that we can work on but he's the one doing the work too um, just this morning, as I was reading my devotional, uh, my utmost for his highest, is uh, making the, the point that you have to get up and then God works. You have to step out and then God works. He's not going to start working before you start moving. But as soon as you start moving, when did the, the Jordan River part? Uh, it was when the priests stepped down into it. Their foot, I mean, think about that first guy that steps his foot into the Jordan River and he's thinking, I know they tell the story about the Red Sea parting, but that's been several years ago. And I was a little boy when that happened. Is he going to do it again? And you put your foot in and you're thinking it's going to get wet and, whoosh, and it just parts. I mean, think how cool that would have been to watch the Jordan River part, especially as it's fled- But they had to step into it. They, they had to put faith into what they knew God could do. And, and I feel like so much of the time, our problem is that I know God can do it. So I'm going to wait until he starts. And, and then I'll, I'll get, we've got to step out by faith. Um, the last thing that I want us to, to think about though, here is faith is the victory. Faith is what produces. It's not faith that produces the victory. It's, Faith is the victory. When we have the faith, that's where the victory is. And we we always think about the the boy being healed was the victory. That wasn't the victory here. What was the victory? (laughs) It was that the dad finally recognized Jesus has the power. I'm putting all my faith in him. And even though I don't have enough faith, he can give me the faith that I need. That's the victory. Does that make sense? that we, we turn towards him and we put more faith in him. Uh, we've sung the song, I don't know that we've sung it re- recently, but faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Um, it really is. When you trust that God is doing something, what do we have to fear? I mean, a- as we see the world getting worse and worse and worse, I just saw something earlier on... We're closer to a nuclear war than we've ever been in the world before. Because why? Well, there are more players on the field that have nuclear weapons. And some, I mean, just statistically, one of them has to be crazy or incompetent or both. And and so, you know, and we could get seized up with fear because, well, everything is going to fall apart within the next 10 minutes. Or we can step out by faith and say, God knows what's going on. And he's given me a job to do and I'm going to do what he's told me to do instead of worrying about what everybody else is doing. Are we diligently seeking him? Are we diligently seeking to honor him? God loves to grow us. He loves to see us grow. Just like what we love to see with our kids. And and even just this last week we were um, communicating with. With, with our daughter, here she is trying to get her son to sleep through the night. I mean, that is one of the toughest things to do. And so she's got this regiment they're going through, they're doing, and they're trying to get from faith to faith or from this stage to that stage. And on the one hand, you love to see it happen. On the other, it's like, oh. Mm. But I loved the little baby in my arms and you know, I loved holding Courtney as a little baby in my arms and she's like, Dad, shut up. You know. (laughs) You know. But you also love to see him growing from faith to faith to faith. I can't tell you how much joy it brings to look at my daughters now and see the joy on their face as they watch their children. I mean it's just, it's amazing to watch. And I'm like, why doesn't everybody know about this? This is, this is amazing. And then you hear people say, well, the amazing thing about life is that I can focus on myself. And I can, it's like, no, you've missed something there. Because and, and, I know I used to focus on myself. And now I'm focused on someone else. And it's amazing to watch what God does. But if you remember in In Romans chapter one, verse 16, it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That brings it all back together. What's my job? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. My job is to preach the gospel, to live out the gospel any way I can. So that other people can see the gospel of Christ, so that they can trust in him, so that from faith to faith we're growing and that we're all doing this together. I mean, think about what the society looked like when Germany was a God-fearing society back before World War One and back you know during that. People really did believe and look at what they built. And now look at what we're building in our day and age. It's like, Huh. it's more individualistic and, and we're not helping each other. And we've got to get back to the word. And is it their fault or is it their fault over here? It's us. We individually, what could we do if we get back to the word of God? So I hope that's been a help. I hope that's something for us to think about and something to do as we move forward into this next week. So let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Dear Father God, thank you so much for your word that you've given to us. Thank you for just caring enough about us that you were willing to leave your home in in glory and come here and provide salvation for us, Uh, provide a way of escape, uh, provide a way that uh, we're not focused on ourselves anymore, but we're redirected towards you. Uh, Lord, we love you and we praise you. I pray that if there's someone watching today that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, that today would be the day that they, they trust in you. And, and Lord, for those of us that we do trust you, uh, help us to, to spread your word however we can, whether it's by texting somebody or by sharing uh, a video with someone or just whatever we can do, getting out and talking to others. Uh, Lord, help us to see uh, what it is you want us to do and help us to step out by faith. Uh, Help us to live from faith to faith. Uh, You've said that the just shall live by faith. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining with us. And we'll look forward to having you with us again next week. Till then, God bless.